Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your host, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as my feelings for the Toronto Raptors, man. Such hard feelings that we literally took a week off. Honestly, and I'm glad you started with a chuckle there because that's like the as happy as we're going to get when it comes to talking about the Raptors right now. Because that playing game was tough. It was a really rough way to end the season. And as Matt knows, it's this guy's fault over here. I'm the curse. I made it happen. Man, what a collapse to end the year. Dude, it's like you just don't mess with the basketball gods. No. Like, I I am a, a, you know, a person who believes in this. You know, you, you respect them. They respect you. But to text me the day before that we're going to lose to them and then – in the third, tell me that you were kind of asleep during the first half, and now you're watching, and they're just giving it away, and watch them lose this game. Like, you do that to me, my friend. It, it hurts. You no, know I like you. Like you, you. <laughs> why? Why? Man, on the one hand, absolutely, right. You feel it, but on the other hand, man, you look at that game. You look at the box score in hindsight, and you can't just be disappointed in the boys. The Bulls had no right to win that game. At the end of the day. The Raptors did everything that they should have, except for hitting their free throws when it came down to it. Dude, like the free throws, if we had just hit them, it's not even a close game at the end there. And that 19 point lead is something more like 24, 25 point lead. Um, it was it was the worst for me because, you know, I, I like Siakam and I like Fred Van Vliet. It just kind of showed how mentally weak they are and what i was the most shocked about was og and anobi ice in his veins you know i don't shoot to miss he also shot poorly so clearly this girl had a massive effect on the game and like to not bring her to miami dude like you guys don't deserve to be in the playoffs demar like it was so funny in the moment realizing me and matt thinking to ourselves why doesn't someone just scream back at this girl why doesn't somebody stop this girl from screaming and then obviously you know it's damara's daughter so people have a certain way about it but yeah man like school is important absolutely but like she was the absolute mvp of that game by far and there's so many people who truly believe that the bulls are out of the playoffs because dial was not at that game (laughs) man like it would have just been nice to see it happen to a different team or if they could have theater and like why weren't our fans screaming like blood curdling screams when the the chicago bulls were shooting i have no idea but it was just like it does sum up our season like you mentioned like it it's really about how we play right like we show that we're the better team we show that we have you know the the firepower to be a top nba team and just let it go because we don't have focus. We don't have discipline. And that to me really circles back to the coach. And like, we've been talking about it all year. It really circles back to Nick. And and if he can't get the boys together, I mean, 10 turnovers in the second half of that game alone, like everything was collapsing. There wasn't cohesion. We really saw the disgruntled, disjointed unit that this team showed to us at the end of this year. And, yeah, sure, they crawled their way back to 500 to end the season, but it hurts, man. The boys were tentative. Like, you know, there was a couple of moments, yes, with the refs where, you know, they probably should have called the jump ball here instead of just giving the ball away. But I'm not going to complain about the refs in this game when they went, what, 18 for 36 from the free throw. There's so many other reasons where they shouldn't have had to rely on 
a call going their way for them to win. So nah. at the end of the day, the game is painful. It hurts. But looking to the future, it may have been the best thing to happen to us. So while I'm upset that, you know, the curse came out here, if in a year from now we're looking back on the team that we want to see with potentially the right decisions made, who knows, man? This could be, you know, the the icing in a really, really dark moment. Yeah, it 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 could change the entirety of our franchise. And that might be for the better, right? Like if we win that game and we beat Miami and we sneak into the playoffs and Milwaukee, you know, takes us to seven because Giannis gets hurt and we lose in the first round, but we put up a really good fight. Like this team probably is back and there's not very many changes. Uh, we're probably overpaying for some players to keep them. And we go through this nightmare all over again. And so I think, hopefully this underscored in Masai's brain and Bobby's brain that there needs to be massive shakeup around the organization. And whether that's, you know, trading Siakam or letting Nick Nurse walk, like, I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but you know that you can feel something's coming for this franchise. Right. And, you know, there is a universe where the team comes back together and goes on to be great. It's not the universe that I, you know, think that we're going to be living in, though. And so this is where the speculation comes in. This is where the offseason conversation comes in. And, you know, we can start with Nurse, right? The fact that maybe he is already out the door. The rumors about the Rockets to come out and say what he said to end the season when the season wasn't over yet was a little bit crazy. And whether there's a disconnect with the players and him, whether Nurse is upset that the front office has given him, you know, the cards that he has. Because at the end of the day, Nurse is a system coach. He wants his system to work a certain way. And if he doesn't have the right players to make that work, we kind of saw the result of that. And so maybe he is upset at the front office for not getting him certain players for his system to work. And maybe he is about to walk out the door. But whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, change is needed and i think that we've agreed on that look i i could see him being mad at, at the front office you're right you know um maybe there's not enough shooting for him um maybe like you know we do lack guard play that yeah. is a, a major weakness on this team that we can't get you know high quality nba guard play on a consistent basis we have middle of the pack guard play and most of the time it's below average. Um, Gary Trent Jr. was was pretty inconsistent this season and Fred VanVleet definitely took a step back. Yeah. Um, and so you could blame that, but at the end of the day, like we have enough on the roster to make up for it. Like you see teams and they most of them have, you know, pretty big flaws. Like even a Golden State, like they can't play interior style basketball. They have to rely on Kevon Looney and, and Draymond Green. And like the, the Sacramento Kings can't play that style, but they you know how to lean into their strengths enough to make their rosters better and to to be pulling that the best out of it. And I think that's the most frustrating thing for me as a fan watching a coach is that like, yeah, I understand that you have a system. I understand that you want to play a certain way, yeah. but you need to adapt what you're doing based on the skill set that your players have. And you need to lean into their strengths because when you lean into their weaknesses, we get a season like this where we were 500, 41 and 41, man sucks and like you know a, a fun thought experiment the idea of switching nick nurse and unanimous coach of the year mike brown if you switch their positions and you tried to implement nurse's system 
into what the Sacramento Kings are doing. I'm not going to say that they're going to be a worse team because I don't know how Nurse's system would work and it might be better because those players are more of a traditional team. But I think yeah, Mike right. Brown is going to come in and look at our player base and try to f- find a solution, right? When you think about that opportunity. And, and so this is now the question, right? Is Nurse going to fold or, or the front office going to get him the team that he wants, right? And so like where does it come down to like the rumors are around siakam there's rumors around og there's rumors around almost every player that isn't you know scotty barnes at this point in time so something's got to give somebody's gone this summer that has to be well i hope that like we realize that scotty barnes is the future of our franchise and he should be the main cog that we're building around and i think the only way to do that is to alleviate the pressure by getting rid of a guy like siakam and you might not get his true value. He might go on and help a team win a championship. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Because we're trying to build something to that point. And he, unfortunately, as our main piece, as our main cog, is not just, he's not going to get there. Um, you know, the the NBA respects him immensely, all the players, because of the leap that it takes to become actually a, a, yeah. a first you know option on a playoff team and that's what he is he is a first option on a playoff team but if you want to win championships he's not it like he's he's a second best player on your team and that's no shame man like a lot of guys in this league can't be twos and he's definitely a two it's it's no knock on him it's just it, it kind of hurts for him too right when you think about what Giannis has done as a player right to be able to be a number one option that doesn't exactly have the true superstar game plan, right? Like in terms of a Kawhi, a KD, a LeBron, but Le- but you know Giannis is so good at certain things that he he can push through that boundaries. I'm not gonna say a team of Siakam and his perfect you know unit around him couldn't win a championship in the right scenario because I think any guy who is a top you know 15, 20 player with the perfect team, right? could go all the way in a scenario but we can't we can't put our cards into that because there are 15 players on a roster and there's no way we're putting together a perfect team around one guy and and i think that like your margin of error becomes so much slimmer when you get down there and i think that i kind of disagree with you i would say that there's only like five players in this whole league that you know are championship level guys and Currently, like right now, I'm I if you go Giannis, LeBron, KD, and like LeBron's iffy at this point. Yeah. But KD, Kawhi, Steph, who else for sure do you know can go win a championship? Jason Tatum, maybe. Well, and to add on top um, of that, John, I think Joel Embiid. I think those five guys are guys that could do it with not the perfect team, with you know a good, great team. I'm talking like a perfect team around you type of scenario. And this is where yeah. this this margin of error is Widen. so tiny, yeah. right? Like with, with a Siakam player. And so it's why he's probably on the market. And, and you think about giving, you know, Scotty all the room to grow. Well, is it Fred as well? Because if we're going to put the ball in Scotty's hands, we have to look at getting rid of our old future. And that's why I say anyone under the age of 25, except for maybe OG and um you know gary because there's still some weird things with those two i think i think they're not safe man i think if the right trade comes around and and the front office is happy i think pascal and even fred could be moving on to greener pastures and if they both move on to championship type teams like you said we can't be upset about it we have to be happy for these players especially if it gets us the the goods to to make a run in the future no absolutely man and like 
I think you're 100% right that we need to retool around the young guys. I think that the front office just has put themselves in a pretty precarious situation with that Jakob trade because the Potal trade has now given away our first round pick next year, unless it's top six. And as much as, you know, giving the offense over to to Scotty might stunt our growth a little bit. You would hope that we wouldn't be a bottom six team with him leading the show with OG and Anobi still here yeah. with hopefully we can keep Jakob still here. Precious taking on a more prominent role, um, you know, maybe having Gary, but like we might need to completely find new guards. And I just, I don't know. Finding an elite guard in this league is so hard because when teams get them, they keep them right. right. Like, Jalen Brunson's just don't pop up for everybody. Kyle Lowry's don't just pop up for everybody. Those are, you know, one-offs and we got lucky with Kyle, man. Like the Grievous Vasquez trade for him is one of the the biggest coups in NBA history to get a player of that caliber. And I just don't know who's out there that we could potentially target to get that kind of a player. And so like, what like what are we gonna do, man? Because I really think that it it does come down to changing out our guards and changing out Siakam. And this is where I think that the lottery this summer is going to affect a lot of things. The other thing, depending on where things fall, depending on what teams are looking for those right trades, are looking for a Siakam, are looking for a Fred, is going to affect us. My dream scenario, as I mentioned to Matt earlier, is this little Portland situation, because I think Dame is really pissed off. I think he's just really upset with the situation that happened and how things turned out. And if they don't go all in, I think they're trading Dame. And so I'm of the scenario that they're going to go all in and work with with Dame. And I see Siakam as the perfect running mate for him. But how do we make that trade work out? How do we make it beneficial for us? Because as we've seen, Portland isn't doing great and they've already traded a bunch of their assets. So I need the basketball gods to forgive me for for my mistakes and my transgressions and allow Portland to move up in the lottery so that we can send that lottery pick our way for Siakam. That's my dream. We get a Simon, we get an Anthony Simons, we get a top it's not going to be one, two, because if they get one, two, they won't trade it. But, you know, a three, maybe a four to go in. Our pick is the 13th. We get some young guys. That's kind of my dream and my hope. Because otherwise, man, I, I just don't know where Siakam finds a fit where we potentially get good assets back. Yeah, that's that's the hard part, right? Is like last year after his All-NBA season, we probably could have gotten, you know, like we easily could have gotten Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander for him last year. I, mean, I I guarantee you that trade would have been on the table. Andrew Wiggins and, was a potential option too, where Golden State was going to give us picks, right? Like think about where it was. Yeah, and so that kind of value would have been nice to have. But like I'm specifically still looking for a guard, and I just you know who's going to be that Shea Gilgis breakout player next year at the guard spot? Like it's just going to be hard to to find and. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I like can agree with though, is that if we could get Portland's like, you know, if they got the third or fourth overall pick, I have faith that when this team and this front office does have a a plethora of players to pick from, they do pick gems, right? Like going off the board with Scotty takes guts, like to do that, to go against all consensus to say, no, we, we have a favorite player was awesome and it and it's proving to work out you know scotty over jalen suggs and i don't even think it's that close and so if we can get the four and have the 13 and get two guys who could potentially come in and yep. you know 
augment our team like that's that's a good way to start this and building around scotty man because scotty like you mentioned has the point guard in him Mm -hmm. so you need off-ball players and you need great off-ball players and so and to bring up fred really quickly as well because this if the siakam trade happens now fred is in the do i want to be the kyle lowry mentor of this team or do i want to go and be a contender on a team and actually fight and i look at fred the bet on myself guy of the either option i think is right for him i think that depends on the challenge that he wants to go for because if he can be the Kyle Lowry that takes this team back to the championship, was Kyle Lowry's understudy and then is able to do it again, that's a great story. But if he goes off, becomes a member of a team and wins a championship, that's just more bet on himself. And so it puts Fred in that situation of what does he want his story to be? And if we can find a good trade to send him away, I'm I'm happy that way because I think that assets are our friends right now. Yeah, and I I think that he would be more inclined to go bet on himself and go try to, um, he would try to go win a championship because he wants to do it while he's still in his prime. He wants right. to be a major contributor. Um, but like I don't like I don't think we need him to be a winning franchise. Like I don't like I love those players. They've done a lot for the Raptors as a whole. They are not the two players that you can build the championship team around. I feel like Scotty and OG could potentially be that pair. Yeah. And that's the frustrating part for the fan base is that we see that. We see that we have, you know, potentially even the Scotty, Gary Trent Jr., OG trio could yeah. be a nice little core. You add in Precious, you will add in some extra guard play. Jakob's now your only vet. You know, and I think that it works out. Christian Coloco takes another step, hopefully next year. Like, those are all things. But again, you're you're hoping on a wish and a prayer. Right. And that's why we really need to land something in the Siakam, Fred Van Vliet trade. And that's my hope for this franchise. But like you said, Gary and OG could potentially be on the move. I would think that that's the wrong decision, though. Personally, I, f- I, would- I fear for it. I fear for it, man. I look at OG as a great running mate for Scotty. We talk about how this league, like, yes, okay, the three MVP frontrunners of the league are centers, but that's unprecedented for this time right now. This league is built around wings, strong wings who can play both ends of the court when it comes to playoff time. OG, Scotty, I'm sorry, they are like the prime aspects of what we're looking for here when it comes down to that. Tatum and, so and Brown. They're, they, right? So if we can get the guards, if we can get the trades for the Derek Whites, the Malcolm Brogdons, the right players to work around these two, I'm with you. And I think that that's the solution. And if Jakob does want to stay and be that slightly older center to work with Coloco and have that rotation. I think, I think it's great. And I think Pirtle wants to stay. I think he's very happy being back in Toronto. I don't want to say San Antonio was purgatory for him because I'm he learned a ton being there. Let's be honest, right? The presence of Tim yeah. Duncan, the opportunity to work Popovich. with Popovich, right? Like, but at the same time, this is his home. This is, this is, you know, kind of where things began for him. So I look to see, Man, Pertle, take a take a deal. Take a great deal to stay here for, for a nice long contract. You know the front office wants him at this point, right? And so th- there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot in the future that we're about to witness. And, you know, the next few months for the rappers are going to be really interesting to pay attention to, but also for the next few weeks, it's going to be really on the back burner while we enjoy these playoffs. Yeah, we're definitely going to be transitioning, I think, to a more traditional team. I think yeah. the the six nine experiment has kind of 
Colin kind of fallen off, but doesn't mean that you don't need four, you know, guys who are six, eight and up, like you still need two small forwards and two power forwards on a traditional roster. So like, if you just have, you know, Scotty, OG, Precious, and then, you know, maybe a, like a fourth guy, uh, we can find that one give me for, a, you know, spotty minutes. Like, give me a Luke, give me a Luke Kennard, a Mike Muscala, big three points. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like so. a George Niang or something like that. Like you don't, yeah. Cause like at the end of the day, if, especially if our guard play is going to be weak, we need the shooting. We need it. So yeah, I mean, anyways, man, I feel like we've beaten this <laughs> to death. Let's, let's let's go back to our takes now because we skipped over those real quick because we obviously we were in Raptors mindset and now we can not think about them for a little bit. So okay, so I had hopes for some victories. Obviously, it fell through, but I think it works out in the long run because the two series we ended up with are actual bangers. So I'm sad that I got my take wrong, but also eh, you can't be that mad. Yeah. No Golden State, Phoenix, but LA Phoenix has been awesome. Kawhi, KD is the matchup that we didn't know that we needed. Right. And um, Sacramento, man, we'll get into that one. But I was dead wrong on them. Again, proving me right. Or proving yourself right. Proving me wrong. <laughs> it's it, how it happens, right? And, you know, on your side, you know, the Bucks doing what they did. They tried. Obviously, the LA Memphis. They didn't Memphis, even try. Okay, well, I, they got to 58, all right? That's, there's a bit of try in there, but... In the um, last couple games, they just sat guys. <laughs> just didn't care. Hey, man, with the Giannis injury, it's a good thing that they sat guys at this point in time. But <laughs> let's 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 keep moving along. Let's go here. You know, L.A. They're against Memphis. I think also a great series. You know, the the playoffs really got set up pretty well. I think at the end of the day, man. Yeah, it has been. I mean, you know, a couple injuries here and there. Uh, before we get into the series, I do want to mention that you know. Mike Brown, like we called coach of the year, unanimous first time ever. Um, pretty impressive, man. I mean, what he's doing with Sacramento is, is, is pretty awesome. I mean, we mentioned it slightly at the beginning, but yeah, kind of insane. The first ever unanimous coach, but it makes sense. Like it, it really, really does. When you think about what is happening in Sacktown right now. And let's not forget that this man is a veteran, you know, he has won this award before. Something like yeah. 17 years ago, which is insane to me to think about. I think it's like the second longest stretch between Correct. coach of the years, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, shout out shout out to Mike Brown. He absolutely deserves it. This Kings team is on a run. I'm looking forward to talking about them in just a little bit of time. Well, like, man, they have been unbelievable. But you do want to talk about those play-in games. OKC, the Pelicans, the Bulls, and us, all gone. Um, I was really happy to see the the OKC game when they won, man. Like to get into the the Minnesota game, yeah. like Shea Gill just played unbelievable. Um, Josh Giddy looked great, um, but the Pelicans just didn't have it. Like you know, CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram are great. This team is not as good as they should be. Yeah. Zion Williamson not out there, and to dunk like that again. What is he doing? What is there. he doing? Get out there. Man, the... Play 15, 20 minutes, bro. You don't have to play the whole game. Man, it's play 15 it's, minutes. It's got to be the medical staff stopping him. It's got to be something else going on. There's always there's always another story. But the, the fun, I think, is talking about OKC really briefly. The fact that we saw this this bright little moment from this young team. And, you know, to see Josh Giddy do what he does makes me really happy as someone who knew that he was going to OKC and – you know, when you make a weird call like that and it works out, it's happy days. And 
to think that they were like, maybe we don't need Shea, we can run with Giddy. And yet the way that they worked together and with the Lou Dort defensive train, like, man, we may, it may be next year, but it may not be, it may be two years away. But this OKC team, they're, they're going to be around for a while, man. I think that postseason success is, is in their future a couple years away. Oh, man, absolutely. With a player like Shea, anything is possible. And so it's good for them. The Bulls, man, like, they just got to blow that thing up. I'm sorry. Me like, too. the fact that they beat us, like, because of a little girl screaming, like, good for them. But, mm. and, like, really bad for us. I mean, not impressive. Levine not impressive. went off, yes, but they didn't have enough against Miami. Miami was just the, the better team, which is kind of the situation that we, we expected for when it came to the East right now, right? And so... No big surprise, though. So they're gone. They're out. The play-in is over. Matt, I do have to say, the reason I want to bring it up is because we're, what, two years into the play-in now? Would you say two it's years. successful? Would you? I just mean, like, oh, two years, the yeah. years of having into like, the play-in, yeah, yeah, Is yeah. it worth yeah. having? Like, you know, now that we've had a couple seasons of it, we've had some really good stories between LeBron and Steph Curry last year, the rise of Memphis through it. Like, I think that it was a good addition to the NBA. It's a good little teaser. Like, it's nice. It's just, like, it's funny when, like, 60% of the teams make the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like have the opportunity to do it. But it, it typically plays out the way that it should. Um, I feel like the Bucks are probably super upset about it because they got Miami out of it. Like they would have pr definitely preferred Atlanta. And I think like the two games that Boston has just wiped the floor with Atlanta has proven that like that was the easier path. Um, so like if you're a top-seeded team, you could be a little upset about it. But I think for, like, the NBA fan, it's great because the games are are passionate. Like, she was yelling all 36 free throws, like, from the onset of that game. And her voice did not change the entire time. Like, Marissa and I were watching, and she was like, what is that annoying sound? Dude, she went back to school that next day and those kids probably treated her like a hero because they know that what it took for that but and it's like i just i've enjoyed the plan i think it was good especially when you think about the western you know playoff race that was the end of this season i think that the play-in made it just that slightly you know more enjoyable because i think one or two more teams would have definitely decided a month or two ago yeah this ain't worth it we're gonna just we're gonna we're gonna cut it right there which who knows that might have saved that might have saved Dallas from the 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 Kyrie trade, but I'm ready. I'm ready to talk about this series. I think I do want to start with the Bucks Heat because you mentioned this idea of right. matchups, right? You talk about the importance of it. The Heat is probably the worst first round matchup for the Bucks just on storyline alone, and with Giannis yeah. getting injured, like you think, man, this ain't gonna be good. But then you forget Brooke Lopez is legit. Chris Middleton is legit. This team came Through out holiday. here, like legit. right. George's Yank, who I, th I think whoever it was, somebody else had an absolute banger run last night. I know Bobby's been going off as well. Like the yeah. Bucks did what they had to do in game two to shut the Miami fans up. But it was pretty impressive that Miami was able to come out and get that win. Obviously, we know Jimmy is that dog. And I just can this go at more than a five, six game series, or do you think the Bucks have kind of just kind of stopped it at this point? I just think when like Giannis goes down. If Miami doesn't win that game, they're getting swept. Like, you have to capitalize. And Jimmy took advantage of it. And, like, you know, full credit to them. But I think last night proved that, like, the Milwaukee Bucks should be able to handle them. Pat, Pat Connaughton, 22 points. Joe Ingles, 17 points. Like, not to mention Drew Holiday had a good game. Brooke Lopez. Chris Milton was, like, 
off. Like I think what six of sixteen last night. Just relaxing. Like, yeah, after a good game one, like he's dropped thirty in game one, which is a, an encouraging sign if you're a Milwaukee fan because yeah. you know, like you mentioned, he only needs to show up for four games and he needs to steal one. Yep. For the Milwaukee Bucks to That's get the it. championship, so he he showed up for for you know fifty percent already. See if you can keep that going, dude. Um, that game was just every single role player on that team playing to their maximum potential. Like it was, it was yeah, just last night. But again, yeah. But again, the Bucks should win this series, and there's not much more to say here. Like obviously, yes, Tyler Hero has a broken hand. Bam showed up in game two. Apparently, it didn't matter. He's just been floating through this series and. Like, I just don't know where Miami gets it. Like, Kyle's too old. Like, they're just in a weird place. Jimmy was just not aggressive enough. Like, to to be 9 of 12 for, for 25 points and True. to only take 12 shots. Like, Jimmy, we we all know that you need to, to dominate. And, like, yeah. that's actually what happened to them in the first play-in game, right? Like, they were the favorites, and they took their foot off the yeah. gas. And they don't seem to like, you know, they, again, coming into this game, I'm sure they were like, we're going to win. They don't have Giannis. We still have Jimmy. And they didn't, they didn't push it. And, and Milwaukee punched back. It's a little bit like the, the Lakers Memphis series. Like the Lakers go into that series <laughs> as the underdogs yep. and they throw the first punch. You know, they lost the LeBron feel out game. Roy Hachimura had 28 points. Austin Reeves had 25. Like, what are we doing here? You're going to let Austin Reeves and Roy Hachimura beat you guys? Right. Really? And, and then and, last yeah. night? Oh, man. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. They came out so flat to start that game, and they had no right to win it in the end. So I'm glad the Grizzlies pulled that, that victory out because, yeah, it looks like they took that game one victory, went home, and were... Popping cigars, being like, "Yeah, we've got Memphis Jaws injured, no problem." And that Grizzlies team is is more than Jaw. And as as the media and social media people like to say, they're better without Jaw Moran. Actually, so interesting series for sure. During a fifty game sample size, for them to actually be putting up the numbers that they are with and without Jaw Morant, like it's it's pretty pretty impressive what that you know team is is behind him, right? And. Mm-hmm. They, they do allow him to to be the high flyer amazing player that he is um and it's one of the reasons that they're so good i think that on a consistent basis if the role players had to play like this out of their mind all the time there would be a little bit more exploitation of that roster yeah but like Aaron brooks is a good player desmond bain's a good player jaron jackson jr's defensive player of the year whether it's you know truly deserving or not um and That's... so like they've got they've got the pieces man they've yeah. got it that's the last connection to the the Buck series. The fact that Brooke Lopez probably got robbed of his defensive player of the year, but you know, Plays I will say, I'm, I mean, that's the thing. And I will and I will say, shout out to Jaron Jackson Jr. Who, with Brandon Clark being injured, and you know Xavier Tillman, I think is their other backup type of situation. Yeah. Like he stepped up and had some big moments. And for a guy who is 24, I think right now, who came into the league for four years ago and so and had the defensive player of the year hearing for him to have made that leap already mm-hmm. is is really awesome but also not great might be a bit of a media narrative as well when you think about the two other guys that that could have been given and the last thing i'll mention oh. actually about defensive player of the year last season there were three guys who were in the vote for the top three um uh, obviously the winner in marcus smart um yeah. rudy gobert and I forget who the third was, but Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Either way, all three of those guys got zero votes. 
The top three from last season got zero top three votes in this year's DPOI. So really interesting to see how that conversation fluctuates. Yeah, I think like it just the media decides something and they they make it so. Um, because at the end of the day, I think Jaron just he fouls just a little bit too much for me. Um, I know what you mean. Just personally, and Xavier Tillman ate the Lakers alive last night, man. Like I don't know what happened, but he ate the Lakers alive. AD. <laughs> yeah i hope this is the last time man because you're gonna get bounced from the playoffs if you play like that again dude like it's it just was not good it was not good like they have to hope that the lakers crowd is gonna come in and support them and that they're ready and memphis doesn't come out swinging because there's no other way to say that game two was an embarrassment for the lakers an embarrassment in a game that oh. you should take advantage of because john moran is not fully healthy yet you know, and and that's he's why Dylan. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he's not out there because he's not healthy. He's gonna come back in this series, and he's going to be useful. He's gonna be John Morant. But I still think the best part to come out of this series is is the ridiculousness of Dylan Brooks, man. The comments last night. Oh, I don't care about LeBron. He's old, man. I would have loved to face I don't him. Don't anybody until he drops forty. <laughs> I would have loved Bro, to face him in his Miami 60. days. Man, I hope LeBron puts him in his place once or twice in this game. Like, it's going to happen. You know LeBron's going to come out in L.A. and he's going to go right at him. He's going to go right at him. And he's going to give him 40. You watch. 40 for LeBron? Easy. Easy. He, you remember earlier in the season when he was like, yeah, we weren't winning games at 30, so I decided I had to get 40. It's LeBron. He knows what he can do, right? Did, didn't this man drop a 50-point triple-double in the finals? That's the thing, right? So, so we'll see. The series is going to be really interesting to watch because this Lakers team is so different than the team we were watching just three, four months ago. I'm so pumped to see Rui step up. Matt knows I love being my Japanese guys in the NBA. You know, uh, I'd love for Brooklyn to keep doing well for my boy Utah, but that that Utah. We'll, we'll we'll talk about Brooklyn and Philly after. <laughs> we can talk about the two in the East that are two zero and just sum it up like this: the. O teams ain't got it. Like the 76ers and, and the Celtics, we'll see you in the next round. They're playing each other. They'll both have short series. It's going to be a great one. Like, that's for sure. The Hawks, this series, like the Boston Hawks series, the only thing that I'll mention is that it is the epitome of playoff basketball. It is the, it is the epitome of, hey, my best guys are going to destroy your worst guys, and we're just going to hunt mismatches left and right. And Boston is so good at pre-switching on the defensive end that Atlanta can't just fight back. And so they are getting bodied left and right. It's just not fair, man. It's just not fair. Well, like, it's just they've got better defenders, and they've got better offensive players, right? Like, who's going to stop Jason Tatum on the Hawks? DeAndre Hunter? Like, okay. The Jalen Brown's open who's stopping him Dejounte murray like maybe no and marcus then, smart's gonna destroy trey young like malcolm brogdon is too and, like it's just and it's brooklyn it is. is experiencing a similar situation where philly just matches up better right bridges might steal a game for brooklyn i'm enjoying he's been great he, he's been, he's been I told, man I, I believed i i knew he was gonna be he was gonna be good when he was given the keys to this kingdom but like his own team yeah. man they're just Philly's just better, man. Embiid is that good. Harden knows his role Sucks. with this team in the playoffs. Tyrese Maxey's going off and doing what he has to do. Like, this is what it is. If if I'm a 76ers fan watching these last few games, I'm like, whoa, James Harden in the playoffs is a real thing, and it is not good for our franchise. But Tyrese Maxey, man, right? that kid is really picking it up. He is a playoff player. So maybe him and Embiid with 
Harden being the third and just more of a facilitator ends up working out. But yeah, Harden's going to like, he's not even like Tobias Harris might be the third most important player on their team at this point. He's playing well. He's playing well. Okay. So should we, shall we wrap up the East here? Talk about the one like actually super kind of exciting series. Although maybe after last night, it might not be exciting because Cleveland actually showed up. I think I think it was a, an overconfidence thing in game one. I think Cleveland came in and they were the better team. They've got the better superstar. You know, I would take Donovan Mitchell over Jalen Brunson every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. Um, and they've got the <laughs> they've got the better players around them. And so they came out and New York really wanted it. They were hungry. They out rebounded them like crazy. But like last night showed that. Cleveland can rebound with them. They've got like it's not like they don't have big players. Jared yeah. Allen, Evan Mobley, like those guys are good rebounders. So Kevin Love, like okay, he's not the rebounder he once was, but he's still decent. Like he knows how to box out. The the you know you could see the nerves in the first game for the Cavs. They they came through. You, you saw those moments. They weren't really there. And the Knicks put their foot down and, and they kept going and, and got that W. But you have to remember that the the biggest thing to beat the Knicks in the playoffs are themselves. And that <laughs> happened in game two. The Cavs came out. They showed their defense. They showed the power that they had inside. And you just kind of felt bad for the Knicks when you tune in at halftime and they're down by like 20-something points. And you realize that this is why people expect the Cavs to win this series, regardless of how many games it goes or what it's going to take or back and forth. Because I personally think that there's still going to be back and forth. I expect the Knicks to come out and have some responses. It is the garden, right? They do get to go play in the garden, right? But the Cavs, like you said, they just are better. They have the better players. I think Evan Mobley's nerves are gone after game one. And I think that he's going to be the key to this series, in all honesty, because yeah. he is that cog that does every little thing inside of what the Cavs do. And he's there, Scotty. That's it, right? The Knicks are just, they're just going to fall a little bit too short, I think. And that sucks for their season to end this way. But think, think about this, Knicks. If you played 76ers, Boston's or the Bucks, you would have had a worse storyline. Let's be honest here. No, absolutely. So, I mean, getting the game against Cleveland, I think it's probably going to go six. I think you're right. The, the Knicks are probably going to win one at home, but. I think Cleveland just ends up being too much for them. Just like, you know, like Denver is too much for Minnesota. They are, they just are like Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. And, you know, my boy, uh, Murray friggin' showing up Jamal. He was so good last night. He didn't have the season I wanted, but Hey yeah. man, I'll take the playoff. It's, I'll take it's, it. it's such an interesting series only because you know, that Denver's going to win it. But Minnesota had like that five minute stretch last night where you're like, oh, this is why you traded for Rudy Gobert. Oh, this is how it's supposed to work. Oh, Ant-Man's going off. This is amazing. But it's not sustainable. Five it's not sustainable for this team. And you have a better team. And man, the 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 huddle with, with Malone just going into this team and he's like, hey guys, they scored 40 points on 80%. You guys were trash. You need to play defense. You want to win this game? Play some defense and get out there. Like... So simple, but so straightforward. Like, I just, Denver has it, man. There's not much more to say about this series. And I think that, like, it underscores the level of talent across the league that 
any team can win. And then when the other team gets overconfident and cocky, that's when they lose. Like it happened to the Raptors in the play in game. It almost happened to Denver. They were up like 30 points and they were absolutely dummying them. Um, And it's, and it's, you know, being, being proven everywhere. Um, I, I guess we can talk about Sacramento golden state, man, because they're the one team that, I guess they're the underdogs, though. And they've just been like, nah, man, we have home court for a reason. Let us show you guys how good we are. And the best part about it is six minutes left in both fourth quarters, tie game, and Sacramento just out-executes them down the stretch. They're just the better team. It is... Bro, (laughs) I was was basketball depressed after our playing game. Basketball depressed. And then I tuned in for game one of Sacramento versus Golden State. And it, it's it's just so beautiful to watch. The offensive flow of the ball is amazing. But man, it's crazy to watch the dynasty of Golden State get outplayed, get outhunted, get mismatched. Just there's little moments here and there where you see curry do his three-point shot and he just goes down and you're like damn that's usually when the comeback happens and then you remember that on the other side is you know clutch player of the year De'Aaron fox who matches him with the three there's moments where i see sabonis looking like the best player in this series because again you talk about how the kings don't have an inside game when sabonis goes inside he can't be stopped because kevon looney fouls too much and draymond green got suspended for stomping on his chest so like this is such a wild series right now and I like I want to keep believing, but it's scary because again, it is Golden State, right? But Sacramento's just better. They literally are just better they're, in all facets of the game. It's crazy. They're younger, they're faster, they're they're hungrier for the moment, and it's not like they've been shooting the lights out. You know, they've been below actually what their season averages are on shooting. So like positive regression in that, and like. Golden State's getting blown out. They don't have Draymond Green for game three tonight. Um, I think that that's going to be massive for them. And if they go down 3-0, like, unless Steph Curry goes nuclear tonight, like, they're done. They're done. They've never been down 2-0 in the history of their run. And, you know, Steve Kerr hasn't lost to uh, to a Western Conference team in the playoffs. I guess Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings... It's not the worst. It's crazy that, you know, Mike Brown has so much knowledge of this roster and of Steve Kerr's system and is able to implement what he's doing. But, like, to briefly touch on the suspension, because I feel like it, it has to be mentioned. Like, Draymond, bro, I get it. You're you're just you're just poor. Poor decision making skills. Like, cool. You got your ankle wrapped. I'm sure you've seen enough angles, but there's a great angle where Sabonis is like, I got to protect my head so I don't get stomped on in the face. And it gets the rap. And it is the most comic book stomp to like, that I've ever seen. Like the series of events, I don't know how he ever thought it was going to go well for him. Do I think the suspension is justified? Yes, because it's Draymond Green and he has has this, you know, fact that this has happened multiple times in the past. If it was anyone else, or if even he just like stepped and then stepped off of him, would have looked a lot better than this crazy flailing action. He, he double stomped him, man. He yeah. stomped him and then took off of him. <sighs> and then to like be upset about it at the end of the game, like you didn't just lie on him last game. Like that you was, didn't yeah, yeah. just jump all over him last game. Dude. Like it was Man, egregious. I don't even. I don't care. Like 
I'm just yeah, Draymond deserved to be suspended, and like he got what was coming to him. He they're gonna lose that game hopefully tonight, and they're gonna be eliminated because it's just the way it works. Like, Steph Curry has to go. You off. can't do that. Steph Curry has to go off and prove that he's the greatest shooter of all time, even though he's at the the age that he is, because. Wiggins isn't there in terms of his injuries yet. Clay is who he is at this point. And Jordan Poole is getting absolutely outplayed and out destroyed in every facet in this series. He's just getting picked apart on the defensive end. Like it's not fair in his mind. One of the worst defenders in the NBA. Like he just is getting bodied. Like so, they're not even playing him, man. They're playing Gary Payton more than they they're playing him. So we we'll see, you know, this time next week, game five, if necessary, we'll have just happened i believe because they play yeah. uh they're, they're playing soon so it's an interesting series i can't i can't wait to see what happens with it man i am also ecstatic man i can't believe that beam season is here last thing i gotta shout out malik monk you know the lakers could be loving malik monk in his shooting right now for sure but we got one more series to talk about my friend oh man it's the best series it's the it's the series that we didn't know that we needed it is the the Kawhi KD matchup that is just unbelievable with the like little sprinkle of the Russell Westbrook storyline who like two games through the series he's playing like Russell Westbrook man and like old Russell Westbrook and new Russell Westbrook so awful but defensively amazing and then so good offensively (laughs) like if this if oh. this was 2019, 2018, and he oh. was doing this to Kevin Durant, the internet would be losing its mind even more than what is already happening. But it's just such a fun series, man. Watching Booker go off to, you know, save that game yesterday is is super great to see because, you know, everyone thinks that it's all Kevin Durant's team, but Booker is still a menace at the end of the day, and he thrives not He's having to be the number one, right? He thrives being the number two to Durant. And also, man, shout out to Chris Paul. The curse is broken. He beat Scott Foster in a game, dude. What a what a what a wild timeline we're living in. <laughs> See him praying yesterday. Just got you know, just, just stop giving them calls on me, man. Just please. <laughs> but yeah, dude, what a great uh, what a great series. Like I hope this goes to seven for basketball fans in general. Because oh, yeah. Kawhi KD is is the superstar matchup right now of the playoffs of the first round by far. It's unbelievably good, man, to watch these guys go at it. And I just, if they had Paul George, I might take the Clippers. Like, it's that it's that crazy. So, yeah. man, um, Kawhi also going off. Like, man, like, just kind of chills out through the entire season. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I won't even average, like, 20 points per game. Maybe I'll average 20 points per game when I play. Maybe I'll play more than 25 minutes here or there. Not playing back-to-backs. And then in the playoffs, he's just a friggin' machine, man. That's that's Kawhi. That's why we love Kawhi because yeah. that's the player that you get. Like you're, like he he is the cyborg for a reason. Like it's just like wild to watch. So man, it's it's been the best basketball of the playoffs so far. Like, I hope our front office is watching these two teams because they're two teams. I don't like that I have to say this, but they're two teams that are built well, have good benches that are able to put their pieces in in good rotations and are coached really well. Let's be honest. Both of these coaches know how to take care of these teams. Both of these coaches past coach of the year candidates. Like at the end of the day, this is a fantastic series to watch. Just if you want to enjoy basketball on both ends of the court, because these teams seem to know what they're doing. And also you get peak Westbrook. Who knows? Who knew this was going to happen, man? It's amazing. Yeah, man. Um, the one thing that I will say though, is watching 
Washington TNT, I think, and they brought up the fact that the Clippers team would be better. Kenny brought up the fact that the Clippers team would be better than the Raptors team. And I almost threw something on the TV. <laughs> He's talking about Norman Powell. Um, excuse me. Norman Powell was on our 2019 roster. He just didn't play because we had better players. Like, And I get that he's grown since the 2019 season, but like, Dude, Kenny, shut your mouth, We bro. will forever be the most disrespected, you know, championship team of all time. Even though, as I've said to you in the past, I believe that the collection of players on that team is some of the best players. And for them to come together and win a championship, I think that you think about the how out of the prime you had of Gasol, of Ibaka, of Kyle, right? You, and, yeah. and Danny Green, for example. You think about how far yeah. from their prime they was. It took the right collection of players to come together to be a championship team right there. And I will always no. stand by the fact that I think that if you took that team in its prime, they almost beat any other championship I just, team. I was about to say that. Yeah, every prime team, you Absolutely. put every player in their prime on a championship roster, you let them go at it. I like the Raptors' chances of, of getting out of that tournament. Easily a top three I really all do. time. Easily. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's the dis the Anyways, disrespect against Canada as always, man. I, I I had to bring that up, man. Um, you you down to do some hot takes because I wanted to say this last week, but we, you know we took the week off because we were so mad. Um, I wanted to call it before the playoffs happened, before, and it looks so good, especially because they're up two zero right now. Right. But Denver's winning the West, man. I think Denver is <laughs> making it all the way to the NBA Finals. Um, I don't know if they win it to be honest, because I'm I'm looking at the East and I'm thinking right. they're a little bit stronger. But I'm I'm thinking Denver's got the path. Everybody's thinking Golden State. Everybody's thinking Phoenix, Clippers, LA. The obvious answer has been the team that's been the best team throughout the entirety of the regular season, and they've been there before right. with Joker and and Murray. So yeah, look, I'm taking. Can't can't confirm. This man's been on the Denver train since the play-ins has stopped and. You know what? I like it. I just hope that they get to meet the Sacramento Kings in, in the finals or in the second. I don't know if, if the Kings match. No, the Kings it would be the Kings would be on, in the in the conference the finals, right? Because they're 2-3, yeah, yeah. so it wouldn't matter yeah. anyways. So I'm hoping that the Kings get to meet them because that would be my perfect timeline. And to talk about my takes, dude, Kings in five. Like, it's too easy at this point. Bro, Steph Curry four, is... Look, no, 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 no. Steph Curry is Steph Curry. I can't disrespect the greatest shooter of all time and what Steve Kerr and that, you know, dynasty of a franchise dynasty. is built. So as the true Canadian that I am, they get a gentleman's sweep, and that's the end of it. We should call it the Canadian sweep, to be honest. <laughs> I think that we got to slowly start working our way in, into making that thing because it's, it's the truth, right. man. Canadian sweep for sure. Well, you're good to wrap us up, man. That's... Oh. Perfect. Well, awesome. thanks everybody for being here. Follow us on Twitter. Please check out the board sports. Like, subscribe, give us that thumbs up, and check out the boardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.